Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guest hosts or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Okay. Hello, world. This is a wonderful place we call space, and I hope you can hear me. Right, Richard, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you loud and clear. Oh, good. All right. We were having uh, to adjust all of our sound in the studio, folks, uh, so we could have a wonderful Sunday. Uh, Richard, it's uh, daylight savings time, so I guess we're an hour ahead of ourselves now. Is that how that works, or does it affect you, or did me, essentially? Yes, Yes, we we have sprung forward an hour, so we lost an hour of sleep. Oh, is that how it works? Well, no wonder. Well... Folks, with the Ascension Church Ohana Spiritual Science meeting today, it's Pastor Richard Thomas Knight, which is a very prestigious name with a K, as Knights of the Round Table. And I'm surprised some people hadn't heard of the Prince uh, or King Arthur's story, but we're all about having a journey on the planet. And I found this man very intriguing uh, in the beginning, and uh, we probably met in past lives, and our souls coming together, it felt like it was for a much more a grandiose scheme of things provided by those who came before. And I'm going to tell you a story today because it's one similar to all those you've ever heard in your life about people coming to the planet and leaving, and I'm no different than you or anybody else because I was born here, and so is Richard Knight. But we share something in common, having been out of body and remembering past lives and having experiences with beings that some people think are ridiculous and others are not so sure. Others are saying we're now illusions. But I'd like to take a moment to share with you that... uh, Every day is a new day in awakening, and we should reset our virtues based on the seven vices and the seven virtues of why we're here. But we're really here to evolve. This is the true story of what, if anyone tells you anything that would make any sense at all, is the fact that you have your own individual soul having an experience inside a physical body that has a mind and a physical reality and everything that's outside of us. And uh, as far as I know, you can ask anybody to manifest something in their hand like a a butterfly, unless you're a magician or something, that you have one pre-planned on your human body. Most people I know that claim all these wonderful things about themselves not being human If I ask them to open their palm and create a butterfly, they can't, okay? So this is a true story of manifestation of the Jesus that we know because we accept a story of all these uh, demiurges, deluges of of floods in our reality. And you don't have to accept Richard and I at face value, but I have never seen him. I've only heard him, and so 
subconsciously, I have to make an attempt to envision him based on what we now call cyber culture. And that's what Richard and I are going to be teaching with you here in a cyberspace culture reality, a virtual reality of an Ascension Church Ohana spiritual science meeting, which most people, including he and I, have no clue how to envision that. The reason is it's not been done before. So we've had some talks on here in the past about the Ascension Church Ohana with other people, but the envisioning has changed in this mortality uh, because Richard and I have come to the decision that we both know we're immortals. Now, I don't know how many of you walk around talking about immortals, but we're going to make this higher purpose guiding with ourselves and the airwaves and the bandwidth, and many people I'm working with have all levels of intelligence on the planet, and I have been called again to leave the planet, just like Enoch, Jesus, and I don't feel any different other than an overwhelm inside my coding where our in, our inner heart is attached to our DNA and soul and our bloodstream. So I have this higher self that's allowing me to uh, maintain a form with neutron, protons, electrons, gluons, if you will, all the things that are so small in the microcosm all the way out to the macrocosm and where I fit between the microcosm, the smallest entity or thing or, or thought in your imagination as a uh, word, all the way out to the macrocosm, the largest you can think of, which most people call uh, the source or God or the expanse or the essence of all that is. And this church is about you and me and Richard and what he and I can do together because this immortal design of the divine design has levels of intelligence in this vast universe and we can call them whatever but I've had uh, inspiration in my writing that we're all here to tell our story and we are all the authors of our own life story now awakening the awareness of the ascension age is something that I had to learn about because I didn't know what the Ascension Age was. So I was receiving inspiration of uh, past lives that were coming to me in my early 30s while I was on my spiritual journey in Hawaii. Now, if you'd like to hear Richard's story, he's uh, been gracious enough to share approximately 11 and a half hours that my assist, uh, associate best friend Janet Carol Lesson of Aquarian Radio has her own show, but I haven't gone over and grabbed those, but it's open source. You can grab them yourself. Richard can grab them. There's, we make these open source radio shows on Blog Talk Radio for the general populace and Creative Commons, just so you know. So we do this to get information out that we feel truly inspired to accept in all mundane world academics and we've adopted them into the cyberspace culture. Now, Richard and I are working together with a few others that are in social media, and we've started American Communications Online. So that will be our physical holding mainframe for this church that is actually, uh, I have to 
do taxes like everybody else in the world, but Teresa J. Morris Ministries, I've just got for personal, they tax you for personal items you use in business, so I've got that to form, form to fill out here locally. And so we are a local church, but Richard and I discovered something interesting, that we were both members of an online church that was built years and years ago called Universal Life. And I have, there was two of them, and I have certificates from two in California. And a lot of my friends, including my daughter, joined Universal Life, Modesto, California. And we were ordained by humans, and that was what was interesting about the Modesto little church on the corner. So there is a reality check for those that want to go hunt out Universal Life ministers. But he and I have chosen the name Pastor, and this is only our second, I believe, real calling to spiritual, not religious, showing, believing in a science that we can have something bigger than measuring science and philosophy of humankind, building our own reality with you. So this is a new reality, and I'm, I was taken... So I'm going to share this because oddly enough, and I'm going to let Richard talk quite a while to you today because we'll take turns to help all these immortal souls such as ourselves. The evolution that I'm talking about is peering me right in my soul through eyes that were not mine, but they were of an extraterrestrial. Now, how do I know this? Because I'm one of these people that, died and came back from a childhood disease, hepatitis. And uh, I was nobody knew how I got it. I was the only one in the town of Monroe, Louisiana to have it in the second grade. I was only like six years old. Started school when I was five. So by the second, I was in Mitchell Elementary and had to, the last few months, I had turned yellow at school and they realized I had hepatitis. So I, they brought up a machine from New Orleans to clean my blood in 57, which was b- barely... Uh, thought of or a new technique they that was their last chance because I was going to die anyway so that was how the adults of the, the doctors and the St. Francis Hospital decided to save me so uh, with that said uh, I will also allow others to come on here such as Marcy Kosich who would like to help us today with our church for the first time so she may be a call to source as a mortal design and help us hold down and anchor this spiritual science. <laughs> but when I was that young and they brought that machine up and they pulled all my blood out, it's what you and I would now refer to a kidney dialysis machine. But back then in 57, it was relatively new. And I was such a small child that was already relatively sick, dying yellow, you know, just skin and bones and couldn't keep anything down and just death consciously uh they cleaned my blood but it was a little too much for me so i passed and i remember that and i saw two beings overhead and i came out the top of my head and sat there uh in spirit looking up at them on top of my body and i can still see that story that's in my head and they told me uh, i didn't have to say anything they just told me i was going to be okay i was going to live i'd be fine and you know, I would have, uh, it was a, a psychic connection to beings that are extraterrestrials. Now, these are real beings to me because even though you might say, well, that was your imagination, 
this is something that we're going to dispel at this time on the planet because so many people have experienced these immortals, these extraterrestrials, not just myself. But now that was in the second grade, and I lived to tell about it. And I had beings that would come in white orbs, like on Wizard of Oz, for Marcy there. They'd come down in bubbles, and I'd faint outside because I was so weak uh, afterwards. And they took me home, and I had to stay outside on a hammock. I couldn't walk. I had to learn to walk and talk again as a child. And they would pick me up, uh, bubbles on each side. Would I'd be fainted. I remember laying on the ground. Now, these are visions in my head if you want to know where I'm getting the education or the information, or the knowledge, or the wisdom, is the fact, how could a child remember this? Well, we remember a lot of things, and sometimes even born into that, which we'll discuss, but I'll give uh, not only Richard, but Marcy a turn to talk about their extraterrestrial mortals while we create this church of people, such as yourselves, that may have similar uh, stories for our cyberspace culture, and we're archiving them right here. But these are what I was impressed with today to share. Uh, it, apparently, these beings knew what we were creating and decided to step in, at least through my rationale, my logical uh, mind, uh, my whole brain thinking, because I was always after that kept to myself. I, those beings would stand me up. But you know, I never even told my mother that. <laughs> And I had beings visiting me. Now, I did tell the church when I died, and they had brought the nuns, and they had the guys uh, come with the little caps on their head, and they were talking about sending me to Italy or something, but I was really, you know, too sick, and they said it'd be a year or two before. I never, our mother never heard from them again because we, we I'll tell, tell you that part in the story once I write the book about it, interestingly enough. But let me go to the next time I died. The next time I died, now don't ask me why. Now, in between this, I've had extraterrestrials come in orbs and pick me up off the ground, stand me up, sort of dust me off, and sort of, there you go, toddler, you know, just move right along, second grader, you know. And uh, then I'd watch the skies, and I would watch these uh, UFO, if you will, I don't know what to call them, spacecraft, UFO, starships huddles, shuttles, whatever you want to call them, the UAP is what we call them now, but uh, flittering back and forth and would amuse me. And then I remembered having that back in the cradle when I was a child, taking my bottle and watching them. So I have that to remember as a child. So that part of me is important. This whole reality is based on things that we cannot see, hear, touch, taste, or smell in a way that the church is based on what we have intuitively inherited from other places, spaces, and dimensions that other beings do exist that I've not been privy to talk about in a long-term church reality. So this is new for me. Now, with me going and having four children, on the, I had four children while my husband worked at NASA. We had a good uh, environment. He played trumpet with the heartbeats that were with the Bakey, uh, Dr. DeBakey, Denton Cooley, uh, Dr. Grady Hallman, they had the heartbeats, and uh, my husband was all state. He had five scholarships, brilliant man. And Chris Kraft of NASA signed his clearance and his paperwork to work directly for NASA because at that time they were going to Vietnam. All the boys and a lot of ours in our senior class, uh, they were said coming back in body bags. So this was a very big scare when we got married. 
1967. So we got married and had four children, and the last child I had placenta previa. I had been teaching twirling to the state of, I was a hostess and ambassador teaching for Houston, and I fell going into a Houston Recreation Center one time because it was a little raining and I was hurried to get in, and I, I fell. So apparently I started a little crack or leak of my placenta then is what we figured because that's the only way within uh, that time I could go home and at 4 a.m. in the morning was bleeding out and had pretty much lost a lot of, well, a whole lot of blood and a big plug out of my placenta. So I called mother. I'd had three children, but this had never happened. So she told me, oh, my God, you're hemorrhaging, and I've got to come get you. So they came. They lived about two minutes away, down maybe two miles away, anyway, close, in a division, subdivision. So they came and got me, took me to the hospital. I went in. They shaved, prepped me, put the uh, uh, links on to the uh, baby's heart and mine. And after they did that, and I was – Mother was so worried and wringing her hands and worried about the doctor hurrying up and get there because she had called him. She had had a child delivered by him just a year before, my youngest sister, and knew him right well, Clint B. Matthews. So he called, was called and was coming in, but the baby's heart, since they had hooked it up, finally stopped. It couldn't, it couldn't survive anymore with me losing so much blood out. So, you know, they tried to keep me still and keeping the blood in me and the whole, yeah, you can reach in and hold the placenta together. So uh, her heart stopped and I told mother to look up at the monitor said, mom, the heart, the baby's heart stopped. And the nurses both looked and mother screamed and opened the door and grabbed a man that was, was mopping and a mop pail ball came in. I remember looking over to my side, watching mother scream and the man coming in with a mop bucket and then all of a sudden, the doctor's there tripping over the man with a mock bucket. It's very comical, but I can't laugh because I'm, <clears throat> I'm dying. I'm leaving my body. <coughs> so I'm overhead, but still inside my body enough that he gets close. <laughs> the reason I'm sharing this is about the eyes. You'll, at the end of the story, you'll figure it out. <laughs> He looked in my eyes right over me laying on the bed, so I was still in my body, half, but I couldn't hardly speak. Just like recalling it right now, I can barely talk, but I said, Doctor, am I going to die? And he said, not if I can help it, but he looked in my eyes, and he got teary-eyed. Most people, I guess, if they know they're dying, they're dying, <laughs> but uh, he had already seen, that, you know, looked up at the monitor, and the heart stopped, and he just said, let's take her now, and so they, he just started pushing my gurney out the door where the man with the mop bucket had to get out of the way, and then I see the lights going overhead, so I'm still in my body. They push me in this cold room. They jacked my right hand on a board, which is funny how the little things you remember, and the, I had given a pen, and I had to sign something, and I said, I can't. And I really couldn't sign, so the man sort of helped me scribble something. But I was, as I was passing over and around to get under the lights, right, to, so they could bring the uh, – put me. they pushed me over on the uh, bed and put my legs up in the stirrups. And by that time, I was looking down, and I could see – a nurse on one side, they were like trying to rush him into the clothes, the green, you know, the clothes and the head stuff and all that. Put his, his, uh, it was really fast, his gloves on. 
And then he looked at me, and that uh, he looked at his. I've got to go in. I've got to go now. We've got to save the baby. And he's uh, the, there was an anesthesiologist. The, apparently, that anesthesiologist who I met later is the one that had me sign the paper. But he said, because uh, he was on the right hand side of me, and said, "Doctor, we can't. Sixty over forty, and we'll lose her." And said, "Well, what do we do? If I, if I cut, she's going to feel it, and I've got to save the baby." And the, he said, "Doctor, we're losing her." And then I remember the uh, and looking down, and he cut me open and took the baby out and it was all bloody and yucky and the baby came out it was Gigi the one that's now passed bless her heart she couldn't stay here long on the planet but she lasted till just a couple of years ago and died of, of uh, something she had inherited uh, or got by accident by being a painter but that's a whole other story but she came out and she was covered with she had a, a blood all over a little tail and blue around her neck or the rope was her umbilical cord was around her neck but I came out the top of my head now and was watching them take care of her take her little foot over and pinch her and get blood out and, and even stayed long enough to see him put her foot with ink on the paper and then looked up at the uh, nurse looked up at the clock to put the time <laughs> I showed you and those two little things had the baby and uh when she looked at the clock, I did too, and it was sometime early in the morning, like a quarter to seven or something. I don't know. I'd have to look at Gigi's birth certificate. I don't even have one anymore. But uh, I, I, when I looked at the clock, that's when I came out of the top of my head. So I, 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 I came out of my body again, like when I was a child. So apparently I knew how. So I came up out, out of my head, looked up at the clock was watching everybody and everything that's going on, and all of a sudden I started soaring, soaring straight up. And I went through uh, a very short time of seeing the Earth, like out of the Earth atmosphere through stars and through another level and another level that I call different names because I've visited, so I've given them names of different levels of existence. And I remember all this knowledge coming into my head from out of space, and we can call it the Akashic Field now. That's real to most people that are mortals or people that believe that they've got lives after lives. And I was going up and went all the way up to a golden realm where I saw personages and I could hear beings speaking. And as I got closer and closer, the beings were speaking about me. And I had a psychic connection to these beings, and I knew this, and I heard them tell me something that they were deciding. I could tell there was a decision being made. And so all of a sudden with my – now, I was thinking this, but I thought I said it because when you're using ESP and telekinesis with these immortal beings that exist in all realms, uh, especially when you're leaving life behind in your body – is they can speak with you with thoughts, and they feel like you're speaking to them, okay, inside your head. But now remember, I don't have a head. I've only got a body, a, a, a spirit, or what we would call a serial or essence, my ghost. If you saw the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, my ghost. So I still feel like I'm a human, but I'm not human, but I I have uh, – ethereal angelic feeling it's very light it's very real it's very uh you're contained in something that's like your body but 
I hear these beings, and then I say, I want to go back. Now, when I said our voice to these beings, they knew I could hear, see, whatever. Of course, they're immortal, higher in a place than I was because I knew I was headed there. Now, I see this golden light. I know that I'm, if I go any further, that I'm not going to be able to get back for some reason. So they say, if you go back, you'll experience more pain than you've ever experienced on Earth. So the escalator that I was on sort of stopped. <laughs> so I don't know what stopped time, but it felt like time stopped. And I'm in space now, okay? In between, you know, down here in this universe, in between the multi-metazenoverse, omniverse, I'm probably through Alpha Mother and gone to God or seven heavens because that's where God is. And I felt like I was approaching one of the higher, either Alpha or Omega heaven. And uh, there was a discussion made. And then I, cause I had said, well, what will happen to my children? And a voice came to me that there, uh, all children will be your children if you return. And this is a very high calling energy a very angelic, godly voice, uh, neither male nor female, I would I would think in my head, but remember it like it was yesterday. So they told me that this, but it didn't, I didn't gravitate to what they were telling me. I, I didn't consciously, even though I'd probably been old souls and Richard and I and Marcy can get into those at another later Sunday, I still said, I don't care, I want to go back. So it seemed like an eternity, but it was only a second or so, and all of a sudden the escalator started up again and slowly took my, whatever you want to call me, a ghost, extraterrestrial, an angel, a demigod, I don't care. I don't relate to any and relate to all of them at the same time. But I came back and... Uh, went through this whirling whooshes of the different dimensions or different realms and could know the difference and see everything going backwards through this like light lighted tube energy and swooped down and wound up back in my body and after that I raised my children I worked my husband worked at NASA and I went to meetings uh, of all types including extraterrestrial MUFON mutual UFO network I went, uh, became an investigator. I worked for the Department of Navy. I pulled for the Treasury, Microsoft. I went coast to coast. I went in and out of country to a lot of different countries, working intelligence work. And uh, then I broke my neck and back again. I died when my husband died in 2015 and being at the end of his body again. But this time I stayed right over my body and stayed in the hospital. I didn't take the trip. I just set up and down in ICU and had to go back up to let him die. Because in an extraterrestrial level that we'll talk about that does exist for extraterrestrials, they do have a plane between this one and a realm that does have spacecraft. And I was on one today, and I saw two younger men. It was the triangle type, what I call a shuttle. So today they came and got me for this show to make sure that we would do what we're wanting to do because I swear these boys were there to help. Now, what was different about these two boys running this shuttle where they were younger, they're in their 20s. One uh, looked Chinese. I have a lot of Chinese mixed people working in space with me in this reality when I worked for the government. 
and when my husband was alive, uh, some of them are really, really tall Chinese, and some are very short. And uh, one of them was Irish with red hair and freckles. And the other, the one gentleman that uh, I knew from past lives, he had, uh, he looked at me with his blue eyes, but then when he got close, he had a third eye, which really shocked me. I had never seen that before. But these two boys were there to tell me to do what I'm doing, to do do what I'm doing now, and to remember all of this and the story that I visited with them and to make sure I already did a video on it. It's a seven-minute video, and that was to be part of disclosure today. So now I am a part of what we're calling extraterrestrial disclosure in 2021. And whether you want to believe in science or religion or theosophy or philosophy or all the all the stories that have been told, it's still going on. We have always been visited, and I know that Richard T. Knight is here to support that. But I just had an abduction and a visitation are taken up, and I'm before I'm not I'm not ashamed of it. I'm going to own it, and I'll let you watch the video. So now to Richard. Richard, you've got time, and then I'm going to bring Marcy on to both of y'all to interview your, introduce yourself. Richard, you go first. Introduce yourself. Right. Now I'm going to mute and then let Marcy introduce herself. One okay, minute, my name is – yeah, what are you doing there? Okay, uh, I'm sorry. I was uh, trying to mute me, and you were first all of a sudden on the board. I, I was trying to mute me, so I apologize. Human frailties, folks. We all have them. <laughs> all right. Well, my name is Richard T. Knight. Uh, I have a long, um, very strange story anyway. Um, basically, I came very close to death at about six months old. Uh, my mother had tossed me into the Pacific Ocean intending on my drowning and a supernatural being. All I know is that she was a lady of pure light from the ocean waves and put me back in my mother's arms. Uh, this resulted in my mother having a mental breakdown about three months later, and she was institutionalized for two and a half years while I was put in foster care. So um, anyway, I was in foster care for two and a half years. We were reunited, and of course, unfortunately, or fortunate as the case may be, when I came into this world, I was a child born out of wedlock, which is, of course, a mortal sin, according to the Roman Catholic Church. So therefore, uh, there was, you know, a bunch of controversy about that. And so my grandparents thought the best thing that should happen to me is I should be schooled in boarding school at a Catholic school. So therefore, I would be raised correctly. Well, I was... When I came into this world, I was completely connected. In other words, I absolutely knew who I was, where I came from, and that I was, in fact, a part and participle of God's source, per se. And when I came out of the womb, I was speaking. And, of course, it's very rare for infants to instantly speak, but that was what was going on in the surgery room when I was arrived. And uh, all this kind of good stuff, I was then, in, in turn, uh, I was gifted with 14 senses, that's a duplicate of the five senses, plus uh, the ability, ability to levitate, to control things with my mind, such as telekinesis, uh, to read minds, and also to um, 
do minor healings, such as, you know, if, if someone had a minor cut, I could wave my hand over the cut and the cut would disappear, uh, take away headaches, that kind of thing. Then at the age of five, I was abducted uh, by extraterrestrials. Um, I was swinging on a swing, and this was in the play, play yard, basically, at the Catholic boarding school. And I was swinging on a swing, and I was my feet were touching the one of the top. And then all of a sudden, a beam of light came out of nowhere, and I was instantaneously taken up to a very large ship. At least that's the impression that I had. When I arrived on this ship, uh, there were I was not alone. There were actually numerous other children there as well. We were all sort of like on gurney-like tables, and we were being examined by gray beings. And in the background, there were uh, bluish beings, and there were also some green beings. And uh, they were basically telepathically communicating with, with me, ex, 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 extrapolating all the different things that they wanted to happen, and they put a tracking device in my nasal passage. And, of course, um, I was not awake while that happened. And then, in turn, basically, the next thing I knew, I was back down on Earth, only I was no longer um, in the tree swinging. Now I was in uh, line in the cafeteria because everybody was going to eat tell you exactly how many hours it actually transpired but it was a good segment of time or whatever and then uh you know the, the naturally displaying and possessing these gifts where i'd be floating around in the air when the nuns come to tuck me in at night in bed and having my stuffed animals circulate around the, the room in the air and all this kind of thing and uh sometimes i'd play hide and seek uh, they couldn't school me because they felt that it was senseless simply because I would know all the answers to all the questions before they were, the questions were even asked. So um, they ended up kind of like uh, setting me aside in a library that was in an upstairs building all to itself. And this library had uh, thousands and thousands of books of all kinds of adventures, tales, history, philosophy, uh, sciences all kinds of different things, and the majority of them were written in different languages. So I don't know whether to attribute uh, my becoming a savant of language to the ETs, if that was a gift they gave me, or if, in fact, that was, that was something that had just been triggered in my brain at that particular point in time in my life or not. So anyway, um, I ended up being a savant of languages, and that lasted for a good long time. And then, of course, uh, skipping forward quite a bit, uh, after I came out of there, I was put in another Christian school and then another Christian school, and then my mother remarried, and when she remarried, uh, she forgot to tell the man that she married that she had a nine-year-old son, so as a result of that, there was instant animosity between my stepdad and I. And so anyway, skipping along a bit more, that was the age of nine, then skipping forward to the age of 14, I came home from high school one afternoon, and this is I'm living in the house with my mom and my stepdad. And I, they have had a child since, so I also have a younger sister. Um, and basically, I come out into the hallway. I had uh, gotten into swimming trunks and a, a T-shirt, and I was going to go swimming at a neighborhood pool. And I was coming down the hallway. I could see my mom in the distance. And all of a sudden, I fell out in the hallway and went into a fetal position, and every muscle in my body had completely seized, and I couldn't move. So uh, she called her husband, and then the husband advised, of course, call an ambulance. So an ambulance took me to the hospital, and they gave me muscle relaxers so they could stretch me out on the gurney and all this good stuff while they transported me. And then they gave me further muscle relaxers when I was in the operating room. 
And, of course, they, they gave me anesthesia, which this is 1969. So everything's still in the, in the development stages in regards to surgical procedures and that kind of thing. But anyway, um, I left my body about, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes into thing. And I was looking down, and I could see the, exactly what was being – I could hear what was being said. I could see what was being done. And I could see that the doctor had cut me open and that, you know, he was he found my appendix. It appeared to be perfectly healthy. It wasn't burst, as I suspected, because the initial diagnosis was uh, burst appendix. So then after that, basically figure out what had caused me to seize muscularly that way. And uh, he never did actually find anything specific. And then he was about to uh, decide to close me up and a green tentacle wrapped around his pinky finger. And when that happened, of course, he opened me up a bit more to find out that the green tentacle was actually uh, attached to a green plum-shaped obstacle, uh, you know, object, and that it had numerous, about five other tentacles coming off of it. And, of course, uh, at this point in time, somewhere along the line, I was whisked away from my body. I went up through the ceiling, of the hospital and into the night sky. And I don't know, I can't tell you how far or how wide I traveled, but I went through the, the colored filled tunnel. And at the end of the tunnel, I was greeted by a pair of angels. And then at the angels expressed uh, that they knew who, who I was and why I was there. They're not speaking verbally. And uh, in front of us, a cobblestone veranda basically came out of nowhere. And at the end of the at other end of the veranda, there was a large chair that appeared to be made of redwood. And in addition to the chair, there were rosewood vines that were wrapped around the chair and the roses would actually open and close as though to indicate that they were well alive. Then a robed figure appeared off to the right. And the strange thing was that where the face and the feet and the hands should be, there was nothing but pure golden light. So then of course, uh, he, he, they step around the chair and as they begin to sit in the chair, all of a sudden, there's a, a, a face takes place, hands take, transpire, feet take place. And, of course, now I'm beginning to perceive what, at that point in time in my life, I perceived to be the face of God, which was a very, very old, wise man with a very long white beard that could basically tell you everything. And so uh, I then feel that I'm being propelled to the chair, hand in the air, and a large book appears out of nowhere, and he puts the book in his lap, and as he opens this book, the pages of the book are revealing people's lives as though the lives are, are, are on a movie screen, like film strips. And the people's, and he flips the pages and he gets to my life and it shows my life up until that point in time in my life. And he says, well, now, there's been a great many things that you have agreed to accomplish that you have yet to accomplish. So I don't uh, understand, you know, why you have come to question things. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I mean, I was filled with such an immense love, bliss, and peace that naturally uh, it's hard to put into words other than the fact that I felt completely resonant and at home with this being that had been a being of golden light a minute ago and now transferred into a human appearance. And he says, well, I'm going to have to send you back because I can't bring you home with me because you've got to go back and accomplish these things. And I told him, well, I don't want to go back. And he says, well, you don't have it because you've already agreed to accomplish all these things, and therefore you must go back in order to accomplish them. And I said, oh, but I feel so peaceful and so much, in, you know, wrapped by love and all, and I don't really want to go back. And he says, well, you have to go back 
and he's about to put his hand up. And as he's putting his hand up, I asked him, you know, can you do me one favor? And he said, sure, ask it and I'll grant it or whatever. And I said, I would like to see who I really, truly am. And he said, not a problem. And at that point in time, I felt projected back towards the angels. And as I came closer to the angels, all of a sudden the angels turn into nothing but swirls of a a mixture of golden light and white light and blue light and all these various colors. And it was swirling around and around and around. And uh, in turn, as I got to the opening of the tunnel, I somehow managed to remove my consciousness enough from my spiritual being that I was able to look back and I was actually able to see being of swirling, move, moving light. So anyway, I, I come back through the tunnel and, of course, back through the night sky and then down through the hospital ceiling and uh, then in turn into the, the surgical room. And uh, I'm approaching my body, which is on a gurney with a sheet over it, and there's a nurse at the end of me attaching a tag to my big toe. And so as I get into my body, of course, is excruciating pain, uh, and I sit up, and, of course, the nurse screams and faints. Fortunately for me, there was another nurse in the room, and she come over, and she pushed me back down on the gurney, and in turn, they got the doctor, and the doctor sewed me up. And, of course, the next day, I terrorized them because I wanted to see what, in fact, they had taken out of me. And, of course, to their conscious knowledge, there should have been no way that I would have known what was taken out of me. But they did, in fact, relent, and eventually they brought me the growth. And, yeah, the, the last tentacle, I was told, was long enough that it, if it had not been removed from me at the time, I would have died in days anyway because it would have actually wrapped around my heart and crushed it or squoze the life out of me in that regards. So uh, I was legally dead for 33 minutes. Um, the hospital never told my parents. No one came to see because no one knew, knew that I had died and come back. Um, the only one that did know was me. So yeah, I was stayed in the hospital for two or three weeks and recovered completely. And then in turn, uh, when I got out, um, I went around and decided that I would, I had remembered the name of the German surgeon and was under the impression that he was also a local doctor in the community. So therefore he had a private practice and all. So I went peddling to his practice only to find that there was a sign in the window saying that his practice had been closed, that all his patients were now to see another doctor, and that he had gone back to Germany. So that was, so then in turn, uh, you know, uh, about a month or so later, I asked my stepdad, well, you know how much did uh, my, all this surgery and all everything that happened at the hospital cost? And he says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, you had insurance, so I'm sure you must have insurance bills from the hospital and the doctors and all this kind of thing. And he says, well, let me look and see. So he pulls out all his insurance bills and it comes to find out the only thing that he ever paid for was the ambulance trip. And when that happened, I said, okay, this has been a complete and total cover up, And that in fact, I did die. And that I guess the hospital was so afraid of me, of them being sued for malpractice or whatever, since I did come back to life, um, they had completely erased the bills or whatever. So, that was how uh, that was my second experience, but this time I actually died and, and completely came out of the body all the way. Um, now I have been, of course, have like uh, Teresa. I have had numerous out-of-body experiences in other dimensions. Uh, I've been on starships, basically in what you would call the control room, and I've looked out the vista over the over their ship over the, the portal of their ship. And, uh, you know, seeing the galaxies and seeing the 
universe and seen all kinds of different things. And then, of course, I've had uh, lots of deliberate projected experiences where you actually are concerned about someone's welfare. And regardless of where they happen to be in the world, you're fully conscious at the time that you do so. But in fact, you actually visit them to make certain that their physical well-being is, is good to go. And then, of course, you return back to your body. I have also done remote viewing on probably hundreds of different occasions. Um, and yes, I too have been in the military and I have also worked for the government. Um, some of which I can talk about, some of which I can't. Um, but I've also been federal law enforcement and state law enforcement, very well educated. I have doctorates in theology, divinity, religious science, and metaphysics. In addition to that, I also have three degrees in criminal justice, and I was a licensed uh, civil criminal investigator for 46, 40, 45 years in 26 states. So, yes, I have, I've got tons and tons of experience. I've had million, probably thousands of paranormal and supernatural experiences dealing with other entities, um, some of which you know, have appeared in my room, others of which have actually taken me places um, at times, and some of them have been tall golden ones, some of them have been, been beings purely of white light, others have been ascended masters, I've had direct, uh, direct experiences with the archangels Michael and Raphael, I have also seen Gabriel, and I have also um, had lots of different sightings and so forth of angelic beings, some of whom I knew and some of them I could name. And then also uh, there's been elementals and visits with the Fae or what I call the elemental creatures or the Fae are basically uh, beings that are uh, children of the earth, you could say, because, uh, you know, that, that you have sylphs, which are... Uh, those of the air, and then you have undines, which are those of the water, salamanders, those of fire, and then uh, gnomes, which of course are of earth. And they too, uh, you know, then of course you have the wee people, which of course are the leprechauns from the Green Isle, and then of course there are, there are other, all kinds of different beings and so forth. And some of them I've interacted with directly, and others I've just seen at a distance. So yes, I've had a, a very, very enriched uh, life in regards to all kinds of supernatural and paranormal events. I also do paranormal investigations. And like uh, Teresa had said, we're both ordained. I've been ordained with Universal Life Church since uh, the age of 19. And I've also been an ordained bishop with the Eastern Orthodox Egyptian Coptic Church since the age of 28. I am president of 65. And yes, uh, the Ascension Age Church is all about uh, ascending, all about awakening. And uh, that's why we're here today. So now I pass it on to Marcy. Hello. Um, I'm, it's interesting with working with TJ and, and Richard because after 1945, they started bringing beings down, which they call the Blue Rays. Then they had the indigos, and the blue rays were helped to help with the earth. And I think that both TJ, me, and Richard are all blue jays. You could Google blue J, blue rays on YouTube, and they'll explain the higher beings. My aspect's a little bit different than TJ's and Richard's, where I was brought up, where I was born, and my first psychic reading is my dad wanted a boy to carry on the the tradition. 
I was a girl, so he had a lot of anger toward me. So a lot of my, my things that I'm doing now is empowerment and empowering myself and empowering other people. So as my childhood, I, a lot of times I was like um, taking places from what I was told through a channeling with Elohim and um, taken to ride my bike over to a little park, sit, and I guess, or that, or sit in a tree. So I, and I end up places where I don't know how I got there. It was like I was dropped off and walked home. So what I got told from Elohim, there's Sheldon Middle who talked about like Sirius and his transporting, um, like TJ and like, like Richard. Mine I don't remember, but um, as I got older, I got more and more abilities. I When I was like 21, I decided to go up to um, a rainbow gathering with a friend of mine, and I met these two gypsies. In that time, we were going up to Washington in July. There's no to pick apples. There's no apples up there. But I had like 10 different deja vus where I thought it was a spur of the moment adventure. Turned out it was like when we have deja vus, it means we've been there before. We're on the right path. I came back and my roommate and I decided that we were going to move out. I thought I was going to a job in Marin because I'm from the Bay Area to go do a job with one child. My friend and her boyfriend ended up coming. They went off somewhere. So I ended up talking to the mother. And another deja vu that I had was was a three-story house. At that point, it was a white wall, white room, white carpeted. And I thought it was like some ascended. It turned out to be the meditation room of the job that I got the job at. So through that, that started on my whole spiritual journey. Because once I left my parents' house, I started getting more aware so with that, um, Beth, the mother, took me to a channeler, and I said, what do I do? And they said, psychokinesis. I said, what's that? They said, moving and clearing energy. So through that, I've learned and I've adapted doing the clear audience, the clairvoyant, the clairsentience, astral projection. I learned telepathy with my friend Dawn when we were about 18. So I didn't know that those were the senses like Richard said, but I guess that makes sense. So through the journeys, I started. Somebody did tones tones on me, and I started working on Aranum, which is an international Skype psychic company. About eight years ago, I started doing the tones, and people were starting to feel um, more relaxed. Headaches would disappear. So all these. So I'm incorporating my tones, which one of my clients ended up. Um, we ended up doing a one-on-one, and then. They said somebody came through because I wanted to do an international group. It's kind of like what we're doing now. And they're like, we like what you do. And I, there was like one scout spirit that came in through her. And then he's left. And then for a year and a half, it's like, this is Elohim. Do not be afraid. I never heard of Elohim. I was brought up Yugoslavian. And most of my religion was in Serbian. So a lot of times I would get bored at church. So through that that process in the year and a half, I learned a lot from um, Elohim, and I've decided to work with them and many, many others. Um, Abby would, like, see how many different globes or spheres were in the room, and she would go into full trance medium. So through that, I have been incorporating different, like, tones, astral projections, psychokinesis, energies that are going on. When I was about 29, I got an um, automatic writing when I did a whole bunch of healings in Spokane. 
saying, I'm not from around here. I'm from, um, what I realize now is I'm from Sirius, and that's where Christ is from. Many of the ascended masters are from, and they said that you came with this golden light, but because of all this abuse and all this confusion, all this other stuff, I didn't know that I would um, have to deal with all these different issues. So that's in a nutshell of who and what I am, and this is why me, TJ, and Richard are all pulled together for the consciousness of the energy of the earth and the people and the universe. TJ or Richard, do you want to say anything? Hello? Go ahead, TJ. She may still be on mute. Anyway. So, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, people come together sometimes at an appointed time and an appointed period in their lives. Uh, Fortunately, I've had the pleasure of knowing Marcy for four years maybe coming up on five, and uh, we've been working together a good deal. Uh, I do substantiate that her tone work is, in in fact, very effective, and it does uh, transmute or transform people out of illness or, uh, as she states very eloquently, unleashes and blocked energies that may be in the body or may be in any of our bodies, since uh, we have several bodies, of course. We have a physical body, a mental body, an emotional body, a psychic body, and then, of course, we go on to the etheric body, and then beyond that is our diamond body or light body, and then our diamond body, and then, you know, past that is our spirit. So anyway, say in one breath, but anyway, um, we'll be getting all into that as time goes by. TJ, are you there? Anyway, I guess she expected that our, our two dialogues would take a bit longer than they have or whatever so um but anyway well, marcy and i have come together i've only known T- i've known tj in an outer circle way as friends uh, for about four almost about four years and uh we met on linkedin some time ago and uh i believe that marcy and i may well have met on linkedin as well but uh anyway there's all kinds of different roles that we play and all kinds of different things that we do um we are both uh, you know, we're all very, very sensitive. We're all psychics. We're all uh, with various clear senses and so forth. Uh, and everything is is great. We also do healing work. Um, Marcy, of course, uses her tones. Uh, I'm a Reiki grandmaster. And, of course, TJ also does healing uh, through, you know, uh, clearing, calling forth energies of the divine, you could say, or gifts of the Holy Spirit, that kind of thing. Uh, so anyway, and, and now, of course, we have founded this church, uh, the Ascension Church Ohana, and Ohana is a Hawaiian word meaning family, and basically it indicates what we're doing. We're bringing all the people together all over the world that want to come together to basically ascend, or what we would re- really say more formally is to awaken to who they are and why they're here and exactly what gifts they are, they are here to offer to the earth and to help mankind, and to serve other people. Anything further, Marcy? Hello? Marcy, you there? 
TJ, hello? So anyway, um, the Ascension Age Church basically is welcoming all people of all paths of life, of all traditions, of all religions. And in addition to that, we're also you know, asking the ETs or the extraterrestrials to join us, the fellowship. And, of course, a church of this nature has never been formed before. It's very unique in its calling. And, you know, it addresses everyone everywhere. And the principle is to do what is right. And also, of course, uh, from the divine aspect of unconditional love. TJ, are you there? I finally am. Oh, okay. TJ, cool. I can't connected. Yeah. Uh, I I just re-upped it. I apologize. It's just the board and a busy day, I guess. So, no radio waves. I had to call in my computer when I tap it. It was. Well, TJ, one of the things. Can you hear me? TJ. Oh goodness! Richard? I don't know what she. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, well, one of, there we one go. of the things I wanted, okay, through through the year and a half with, with Abby channeling Elohim, I asked, I go, because this is a perfect example, and Richard and I constantly, and Richard always sees who's behind me or entities or energies. He's really good at that. But um, one of the things I said, I said, what happens with the the freezing of the computers? One of the things that are happening with the sounds, because Richard and I, this always happens to it, and I was told several times, because my frequency was so high, technology can't handle it. And you put Richard and I together, and then you put me and TJ and Richard together, and then it just shuts down. So that could be a reason of why this is happening. TJ, you're there? Yeah, I yeah I had okay. to get off that other phone and call back in because I froze on that phone. So you could be right. We might put out. Well, I don't know how we're going to do a radio show every Sunday if we can't even keep the energy on the planet in one space in one place. But now it's going to New York from where I am. The towers in Gulf Breeze, Florida, is where I am. Richard's in Valdosta, Georgia, and Marcy's in Reno, Nevada. But these all come together from what I understand because it always shows me New York. And the call-in right. is a 45 number in New York. Now, sometimes they'll they'll venture over to Oregon or Washington, which I never understood why it would be. But most of the time, I guess, call-in has always been the same since 2012. So I did send them an email last time, you know, when we showed up, but nothing happened. So. Anyway, folks, we'll do the best we can to show up, and uh, what you'll be uh, hopefully wanting to help us with is the fact that this is an unconditional love. We'd like us all to have one person, one vote, and join, have a voice and a voting caucus as a church if we can build it, but so many people have tried and failed, and then others, for whatever reason, God just decides to help it stay on the planet, but I truly believe that we're here for unconditional love and to learn and evolve. Now, uh, what's holding us together is to basically do what is right, and then each person has their experiences and their opinions and how we're going to meld the synthesis of people synergistically involved together. So I know many, many people are listening to us, 
and has for many, many years on Blog Talk Radio. So, there, you know, I can't see you, but I know you're there. So how we assist all of you help each other and know about unconditional love, and there are starseed transmissions, and the words we choose may not be for extra terrestrial biological entities of all types as evens, but we know they're out there. So the divine design is something Ascension Church Ohana can discuss, and each person may or may not resonate with you, know, you or who, you, the listening audience. But I'm going to do my best to keep our airwaves open and pay what the cost is as long as I'm on planet Earth. And uh, some people only give us till 70 or 73, but I plan on staying till about 125 is uh, the number I got, but people tell me, you know, different numbers. So let's hope number's just a thing, but we can discuss all the unexplained and the things that we like that interest us and uh, see who winds up uh, liking us, I guess, in our human form or not (laughs) because, uh, you know, there's room for everybody and there's enough for all in space and we are expanding and I don't know if any of you watch the television show Expanse, but I keep finding that word uh, using uh, the Expanse because we're forever expanding with consciousness. And the visions I've had is I would like uh, everybody to try to find that place inside when you're doing your uh, chi work or your uh, brain work or when you're doing your left brain, right brain exercises or your whole brain forward to the back. Uh, a lot of you know about Qigong. There's all types of practices and processes we can use to assist ourselves and we're going to help each other because some are more than others the masters are practitioners of certain talents and skills like Marcy has honed in on her choice our extraterrestrial guidance is toning and uh, Richard uh, has uh, been able to speak with angels and know of help people heal, healing. And I guess we're all healers, but we have to be careful what we do and say uh, with meditation and spiritual healing. But I like to tell people that we are going to pray. So we all, uh, regardless of your, you know, whether you are a, a, of Judaism or Muslim or Christian or, you know, any type of Protestant Catholicism, are just uh, you know Hinduism, Buddhism. It doesn't matter your uh, what we would call your traditional theoretical upbringing, our belief system, our culture is that there's uh, the fact that we're on the same planet. So if we could start there, then hopefully that will dis- uh, everyone will have the power to discern because people, younger children in cyberspace that work with me doing domains and websites and things in cyberspace culture from around the world in different countries keep telling me it doesn't matter. Can't we just all be unified and all work together? So technically that's true in techno and AI. Yes, we all work together and we're doing our best to form this common uh, cyberspace culture on the internet highway and very few of them are just spiritual churches, but there are the churches around me here in Gulf Breeze that have learned to not only have a physical, what we used to call brick-and-mortar buildings. There are fewer and lesser and lesser, and a lot of them are chained up in Pensacola and shut down right now. But some that are making it have gone to the younger children, and I went to a few of them, but they're for the younger people. They have younger music. 
they talk about Jesus. They're very, very powerful with the Jesus words and voicing. And the new, uh, the new music, which we didn't have when I grew up, they were all of the old days and traditional and old rugged cross and uh, when the, uh, well, well, when the saints go marching in, but when your souls are called up yonder, I'll be there. And, you know, all the old uh, gospel from the hills. And so when I lived in Kentucky, I learned to embrace all those, and we have the old church hymnals. So, you know, I wouldn't mind having a historian that knows about all that, but that doesn't interest everybody. But we do have various cities with churches that are not, not being utilized. So I would like to suggest to all of you that have anything to do with your higher consciousness and dealing with the future, if you can help be a leader of spirit, if you are so called to do so in ascension, ascension is awakening awareness that the ascension age is here, meaning raising evolution, raising consciousness, being like Christ once was. And I choose, no one else has to just because I'm one of the pastors here, but I choose to believe he walked the earth and that that's not just myth and legend, but that's my choice. So what I'd like to discuss with uh, Marcy and and uh, Richard to include in a roundtable discussion is I have this energy that I'm holding on to right now in my head that I know can leave me at any time, but it's very important to me to discuss with you because there are no words for it. However, with you two here and in this church setting with the internet connected to me, the internet, I'm hoping that we can find the words for this energy because I've never been able to tone it uh, or to get it, Marcy. But this energy uh, is similar. Now, people, if you've ever had a craving, this energy is curiosity, and it and it guides your soul, and we're going to do our best that – those above the top one percenters that have all followed and allowed other uh, monies and funding to go into educational institutions and uh, higher learning in the sciences was all dedicated or given or funded or because they would follow their their doctrine, their dictations, their way of believing and being. This one that I'm speaking of, there is no former on the planet that I could find. I could get close to it, but it's not the same because it is so close to source, but it is back on earth now. And it's a similar feeling of when you are on the uh, edge of your brain or edge of a thought that's almost like a deja vu, but you're feeling it. And I, I'm wanting you to feel that energy, not through hypnosis because I'm terribly uh, fond of doing meditation and learning hypnosis, but at the same time, I'm speaking in a non-hypnosis voice. <laughs> so just uh, suggesting that you could help me while my dog and cat play in the house, <laughs> that this feeling, think of it like uh, there's, I'm going to tell you some instances where I felt it close. But this is what I believe that me coming and going with extraterrestrial beings and letting them know that they can manifest to me in, in this reality, whether they look exactly like us or mixed or have two eyes or three eyes, which that was new to me. The third eye is to teach what they're showing me. Now, they've shown me sounds. They've showed me symbols on the wall and uh, 
like Richard, I feel like uh, I've had all these psychiatric tests and worked in the government, and I've been found sane and logical. So I hope you feel that I am. But to those that follow woo-woo or just want to debunk, anybody can debunk anybody. But this feeling is almost like a addiction it's uh, something i've seen work on and i've seen some people with some very hard problems that go for this feeling if you're not seeking your higher self for self-actualization it will take you to a different darker path and uh, it's like an addiction if you've ever gone to a casino for instance and learned how to play uh, the slots or uh, any of the games, 21, or uh, any of them, you know, whatever it is, or even bingo ladies, uh, church ladies that go to play bingo, is that addiction of winning, of feeling good. It's uh, epinephrine, some people say that it is a, uh, some people can say it's like a chemical reaction or release that many people, including another associate of mine, Dr. Richard Allen Miller, is working on and has for years with the government is to teach mind over matter and to help the uh, Navy and the men uh, learn how to be able to be like uh, the beings in Star Wars, which we taught uh, from the Indian Nine, but how to may the force be with you. So let's call that in touch with the force. Uh, It's a feeling like the source. Uh, some call it God, some call it angels, some call it extraterrestrials. It's all a feeling of the divine presence that is more than you are inside where you live, inside your conscious or your uh, whole self that includes your electronic system or your neuro neural net. And this is what now we are all working on in 2021 is to find how we're going to speak to this. This wants to be known. Uh, I recently saw a movie called Debris. I hope you, our television show that just came out, D-E-B-R-I-S. We like television shows and we use those because somebody has gotten some inclination of something outside themselves, greater than themselves, and can't really have an explained mystery uh, thought process, but they somehow get it down (laughs) on paper, get somebody to read it and put it on screenplay, and it gets to be on television, and I admire that. And so that's the direction I think we all should go. Uh, I am making videos. I'm making educational videos, but I want to discuss with Richard, and I know uh, they'll both get as close as they can to this, but this – Feeling of you, you don't have to go through the Pope or somebody else, a guru, to get to this, what I'm talking about. But it does guide you into your self-actualization and into the higher realms, your God-realization. And some people are arguing and fighting in philosophy, science, and theology, not to mention psychology, about the terms because we are now in neuroscience and in quantum physics finding the words we're adjusting to just like in the expanse and the new planets and that are uh, we're finding is we're trying to find the terms that we'll all agree to for this energy now some call it the source like i said the essence but 
it's when you get close to it in your brain and the brain releases chemicals. So we know we can study that because we can measure it. All right. Now, what I'm talking about cannot be measured. It's the God uh, that people, and I've talked to some very in-depth, very brilliant people that have studied world religions on the planet. Okay, I've been very fortunate to be put in places, I'm sure, by guides, angels, extraterrestrials, God himself, herself, to be meeting certain individuals that carry a lot of the keys to the knowledge and wisdom that I was seeking so this is God's church, the Source's church, the Force's church, the Source's church, the essence that's in you that is fully not explainable yet to ourselves. So like I started this show with, when you, can you manifest a butterfly yet in your hand? If you cannot, then you're chosen here until you can learn to do such things. Now, that is a hard pill to swallow. But I can tell you that your curiosity that will lead you to creation and co-creation is somewhere in between who you are right now on this planet and where many of us have been inside our essence our spirit, our soul, or even for some, their consciousness and their mind crossing over into other planes and realms, but it's not it. That's not it. So you don't see it, but you know it exists, and it is obtainable. So this church is all about the impossibilities. That's what will keep us glued together and the magic thereof is the secrets intertwined in that all-knowing, unseeing energy that is real. And we're seeking it, and all of us are on uh, – the easiest way to speak of it is to people that I have studied with that have never heard me on the pulpit preach or teach or share because it wasn't time. Only today was it time. And I knew that all God's ducks had to be in a row or all his uh, heaven, heavenly hosts or his brick and mortars or all his churches so we could do this today. And I guess it took three of us today. So there you go again, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or Father, Mother, Holy Spirit, or however you want, the triune, the uh, power of three, which I've always wondered about. But now... Try to gather that because that feeling I'm holding on to. Oh, and I need to tell you, you can also lose this part of you. I had at one time was so spiritual and doing things like putting my hands through. Well, I was just doing a lot of magic, and it was uh, almost overwhelming my sanity with my family and brothers and sisters, and uh, I didn't quite have a hold of my telekinesis. And so I had fire starting and, and pictures flying off the wall, things that seemed paranormal to others so I had to quit and so I asked God to remove it and when he did it, I went dark I had dark night of the soul now not my heart and my and my head I stayed very loving compassionate in my belief in God and Jesus and the church and everything that is I'm just saying that that feeling was gone but that feeling that curiosity that buzz that energy you get when you're right on and I've played a lot of 21 so I've lost thousands of dollars I had thousands to lose it was mine to lose so I've I played a lot of 
black chips, and I played a lot of numbers, especially when I was at Area 51 and was being trained to go in and sat down at the casino so they could watch how my brain worked, okay, <laughs> how I did what I did. So there's beings that know this energy, and I would like to suggest to you that all the times I've worked with extraterrestrials for the good of humankind, and now that I know that we're mixing people on the planet and they're showing me how there's more mixing than I even realized, is that this is my calling. And they told me I needed to own it. So these two people I've manifested in my life, we all manifest each other when it's time, is uh, when they say when the student's ready, the teacher will appear and vice versa, is the fact that this energy is going to be now present in 2021 because we're moving and shifting into a whole new reality that a lot of people believe we're already there in fifth dimension, seventh dimension, and all that. But we're trying to find a way to talk to each other. So I'm going to mute. And Richard, you and Marcy can help me with this. You know what I'm talking about. You get that buzz when you're on a table and you're playing 21 chips, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got this, and they've changed dealers on you constantly. And she lives in Reno, so I know you know what I'm talking about. You get this uh, other than thou energy it's almost sacrilegious it's magic it's supernatural and you can just start doing things that are just you can't hold it's almost the zone that they talk about with that um, person that made it famous that golfer in the zone they talk about it in some of these books motivational books even tony robbins but he also knows you can't keep it that long so i'm going to turn the floor over to you richard and marcy and i'm going to mute Okay. Well, um, let's see. Where do I come at this from? All right. Uh, as a lifelong meditator, I would guess I would have to say that it's kind of like an inner peace, and yet it's beyond an inner peace. It's like the inner peace brings you to a doorway, and you open the doorway, and there's a golden light, and the golden light puts you in another, another frame of reference, I guess you could say. It expands your awareness where your psyche is ex exceptionally attuned and you're very much aware of everything that's going on in your environment, and yet you're also very much aware of everything else that is in the environment that would normally be unseen. Now, yes, I too have, have experienced, you know, the poker deal. Um, back in my 20s, I used to play blackjack, and I could sit down at a blackjack table and turn $50 into $500, in about 20 minutes or so, and then I get up and I walk away and I go enjoy, you know, buffet and catch a show and whatever. And then I come back periodically and turn another $50 into 500 And, I, of course, you know, uh, this was back in the 70s, so, you know, uh, things were not as uh, much hyphened, hyphened as regards to security and there was not as much surveillance and, you know, everything was all... Uh, more or less open then. Now, of course, you plummet forward to now. And of course, yes, there are gifted individuals that can be energetically inclined to walk into any environment and make things happen that would not normally happen, such as you say, uh, walk into a, a gas station, for example, and just decide that uh, intuitively you want to play X scratch off and you scratch it off and you just won $10,000. Or, you know, you, you go into... Um, a bingo parlor and, and you play bingo and you walk out with the grand prize, maybe 500 or a thousand dollars, something like that. And, um, 
all these uh, elements of chance are it's it's like we're reaching up and out and saying okay i'm a divine being and i am manifesting prosperity and the prosperity that i'm manifesting is keyed into uh, finances okay so i have to have money and i have to have money and of course we all know you have to have money to survive and you have to have money to do business and you have to have money to congregate with people and to go places and travel and all this kind of good stuff and of course Money is nothing more than energy because it's what used to be the bartering system. And, of course, now it's, you know, just money itself. Um, But, yes, I can identify with the zone that you're speaking of. I have uh, directed others to do certain things at certain points in time, which would have which navigated them away from doing harmful things had they been allowed to stay upon their own path or their own particular aspect or whatever that particular given moment in time in that particular day. Um, and of course, then you talk about healing. There is, um, it's hard to put into words other than to say it's like a feeling that embellishes you and comes over you or actually takes hold of you completely and actually, actually uses you nothing more than the vessel through which the energy is flowing. And I'm sure Marcy can relate to that as well. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a grandiose feeling. And, of course, if, if we use Jedi Knights, uh, the force, of course, would be, you know, station of getting in this zone and staying in this zone and playing in this zone in any way we so deem possible. On to you, Marcy. Well, because I live in Reno and because I'm constantly working on myself mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically, financially, um, there's been a few different experiences. Well, one guy, when I was in the, uh, the Bay Area, he goes, Marcy, the way that you feel, people take drugs to get it to feel. Abraham gave like a bridge of, from um, depression where we have a feeling of no powerlessness. He says it's good that we're angry because we're getting out of that feeling of depression all the way to a feeling of of bliss. And I've used the casinos as a catalyst to work through subconscious issues that I've had where as I worked through it, even though I lost money, I was still at peace. So it's a brain, it's an energy that um, there are times I'm at the casino where I'm zoning, times when my friends would like look at me and say, oh, you're going to win today? I'd have a certain look in my eye. It's, it's like an energy that, that goes on where when you're in complete calmness and you allow that energy to be in a state of um, neutral where we're not, we're not upset and we're not happy, and we just kind of flow. There's times I've won where I'm kind of like in a river going down the casino and flowing and winning. There's other times I've been very angry and I've lost money. And this one guy comes up and he pushes a button and he constantly wins. So, yes, it is a state of mind. It's an energy. But I remember reading or watching on TV about brains and the circuit system. And I'm applying this now. I've cut down a lot on my plane. I played a little bit yesterday. That's because I've been sequestered in my room because my car is broken down for the last three weeks. But they said that there's one one electrical system where you're not gambling that much. 
and your brain is a lot calmer, we're less. Then there's another circuit in your brain where you're betting a lot of money, and it's a whole different chemistry. So on an energy level, I'm just staying neutral even when I go play to to allow that 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 energy to come in, if that makes sense. So just if people could just not put investments mentally, well, what I did is I worked through a lot of issues mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically of investments, but now I'm kind of neutral on stuff. And if you could just keep that neutral, you will get that bliss feeling because that will calm that part of your brain to allow things to come in. That makes sense. It, it's all this stuff, Richard. You you go through these transitions. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For some people, they don't want that feeling because it takes them down a dark path. But folks, what I'm I'm telling you that we can do is realize how to channel the energy properly, where you can be a better self-activated carbon-based unit that you were put here to evolve far with how and is. So we teach the being and the doing and the having and the knowing and the willing as long as you are willing and have your free will. Now we're getting into a level in our sciences with our pseudosciences in our neural sciences uh, with phenomenology and with the intelligence agencies around the world that they feel like they're almost on the cusp of knowing everything about humanity going into artificial intelligences because they can measure it. And I would like to suggest that as long as we keep this church, Ascension Church Ohana, which is for the family gathering, Ascension raising consciousness, raising awareness, raising like Jesus did, do unto others, church being for the people, this way I always understood it, and Ohana being the family gathering, meaning we can have extended family. But this church is based on the fact that we know we have unconditional love for all things and all beings, which is hard to hold on to and grasp. But whole brain thinkers, logically, that we think like Pythagoreans with the monad and the philosophies, and we're all philosophers. So we grasp a lot of hats with this world and we grasp a lot of thoughts so we're going to come up with our own uh, way of knowing who we are and so this is just a way to come together on Sundays in cyberspace but yet if you like what we're doing we're going to ask you as usual to somehow find a way to get in contact with the three of us and we will hopefully keep you in contact with all three of us and not just one or the other because we uh, I have eight years of experience on the internet and radio doing this and when we separate and we only think of ourselves and what the other person one-on-one is doing it doesn't create the synergy that I was here to create with people synergistically involved that got me involved with this higher knowing where the government wanted me because I was running Psychic Network and uh, the uh, phone company wanted me and had phone company call me, wanting me to sell a 900 number on doing readings over the phone that I didn't feel like I should want to do or even wanted to ex- uh, experience, but I know now we do them every, we do them all the time now. 
but I do them on Blog Talk Radio. But at the time, I wanted to do one-on-one, but it was explained to me as a multimillionaire at the time and running large corporations, more than one, and working in and out of the uh, Hawaii and the safe zones, trade zones. We had containers of goods coming in and out. There was a lot for me. I was doing a lot and working with intelligence and FBI and U.S. Customs and all of that, that what I had wasn't something I talked about, nor did any of the agents talk to me about, but it was used. And it's like the power of discernment at the most godly source self. And a lot of your intelligence workers and those in the security of the planet do work with that. So therefore, I've met a lot of men in black, and uh, they would literally wear suits, but they felt and I, they weren't bad. Now, there were people coming behind me at one time or another in my reality in this world that wanted me to do something, and I don't know who they worked for, but a lot of people have never said men in black were bad, only that they kept up with extraterrestrials and highly intelligent beings that the government uh, and educational meaning institutions and universities wanted the patents to or wanted the most, you know, if you could come up with something on the planet and get it copyrighted, they wanted that copyright, much like Nikola Tesla. So this is the understanding of how I believe UFOs, extraterrestrials, UAPs, and uh, intelligence world came to be back in the days of when we started Majestic 12 and with uh, Harry S. Truman. And this is what Richard Allen Miller discovered as well in his uh, research thus far and why he was asked to go to Area 51 and to meet Krell, which was a tall uh, being. And uh, his experience is uh, because his uh, human soul self couldn't totally relax and understand what he was meant to go and meet and communicate with because it was extraterrestrial. Uh, I think he and I, we did a show, but it was still at a place where he couldn't get, like I'm talking about, that part of your mind that is conscious. And maybe even it's that part of us that lives on after life after life because you can study life after life and of course uh it was it robert mooney or anyways moody uh richard what's raymond moody is that the one i'm looking for marcy raymond moody oh you talking about the the guys that have been abducted i think it was raymond moody i read his book years ago about yeah oh he's an old yeah he uh, talked about people and life after death, right? So that's the point I'm trying to make is there is a part of your mind, and a lot of us that have experienced life after death. Now, Marcy, have you experienced life after death? Have you ever drowned or been thrown off a horse or been cut on or an operation and died? Well, the only thing is I've had my car from going from Colorado when I was starting on this journey in 89. My car got teleported for a couple of hours. All of a sudden, I was going Wyoming two hours. I'm always doing, like, astral projection. I do quantum healing. I'm doing energies on on that type of thing. Um, Not necessarily near death, but there are a few stories that I was protected 
where one time I was riding my bike down a hill and the brakes got stuck. And all of a sudden, I remember landing on or somebody came in through me or I ended up on a piece of grass or I've had cars that are totaled. And Richard and I talked about this where um, so many things have happened to cars or car wrecks that I've had. And I think he was saying or Ben was saying where instead of you getting hurt, your cars are getting hurt. You know, where I've gotten in several car wrecks, I've walked away from them, where, you know, I knocked down a, a lamppost, my car hydroplaned it, it VW bug, and it hit a post. And um, at that point, my boyfriend and I walked away from it. So I've had so much protection on that energy, where my car will break down, all of a sudden somebody will appear. So on so that, that energy, I think... What? Yeah, we need a name for that because, yeah, I have that too where I drowned in a big pool in Monroe and a, and a hand came up and picked me up, but there was nobody there. So, um, what yeah, these beings come. There was one time my car at that point that it was, I blew a head gasket and I didn't know, and I was on the side of the road or on the freeway in Reno, and this guy appeared out of nowhere. With a, you know, saying, I, I work in a, because um, I couldn't drive the car anymore because the water was always draining out. He appeared. And says, and he ended up towing me over toward um, a shop. And he ended up helping me get a gas thing or what was going on. Things like that happen where high beams come or they come through me or things like that where I'm extremely protected. And even when you did your reading, you were talking about these high beams. So on on those dimensions, they tell their people and their people tell their people, and you never know who or what you're going to get. But all of a sudden, these situations with what happened with Richard, what happened with you, were are much more powerful than us where we're protected. So apparently this church is going to find a way to help others in this next hundred years. Uh, Marcy, you're a part of something here that needed to be explained, and you have a part of that with who you are and how oh, you okay. speak. Well, and, because, and like the whole, like TJ, like the last three weeks where we started this and my car got stolen, which I think was for trafficking because they changed the license plate. Um, there was men's clothes in there, but if it saved the, the people from trafficking, that's great. But it's in the last three weeks that this has happened where we've been pulling together and we've been getting all this. And the last time when I worked with mentally challenged people, right before I wrote my book, Richard goes, you're not supposed to be doing that more. So I would hear them say, you're done at this particular point. Now you're going on to this. So there's these powerful forces pulling us all together. Yes, and we need to find the names for those because – Folks, I know you're going to want to understand what we're trying to understand, but it's also always been there. It's never not been there, and it's from those from the heavens came and those uh, from the skies above, and Anunnaki wrote about them as well, and maybe they've come and gone. Maybe they did well on the planet. Maybe they were giants. Maybe they were little leprechauns. Maybe they were fairies. And I would like to say, in the name of Fay, that a lot of people – 
that don't see the Fae anymore believe they have left, but I would like to suggest they have never left. It's just they stay hidden, and they weren't as powerful as many manifesting because the belief wasn't there. So let me put this seed of thought into this universe that as I traveled in and out of this universe as a consciousness or as a soul or being or a force or an energy that was doing its best to learn how to communicate, that one of my levels while I was on my spiritual journey in Hawaii where Wayne Dyer was and uh, Mensa was and the Unity Church was and the government was and spies, all the, you know, all the fun stuff. Of, can you hear me? I got lost. Yeah. You, okay, I didn't know because my phone went wacky. <laughs> uh, it's the fact that a lot of things happen, folks, that we can't explain, but you just have to sometimes – do what? Coco, no. Uh, cat and dog living together, love each other, but love to play chase. But let go and let God is the only feeling I've ever heard my daughter tell me, and she was much more schooled in the Bible. But she said, Mom, it's just basic instruction before leaving Earth. And so many people have uh, known that, that, you know, whether my mother said, Jan, you know, that's only stories and fairy tales legends but i actually saw and i told my mother this which she didn't understand i caught a fairy in a crystal not intentionally and i didn't kill the fairy okay it was a little like a let me explain it to you this way i was i was on a special mission only uh we were on one of these spiritual quests that spiritual churches do and it wasn't a unity group it was our uh group I had founded with Dr. Laura Sturgis, who is a very big uh, proponent of the Keys of Enoch, and J.J. Uh, Hurtock, I think she'd met in California. But um, she was very much having us come and go out of her office, and uh, I was working at three psychic bookstores as a psychic reader, not because I needed the money. I already had uh, was working as a psychic and started the psychic network. I also had Jungle Beach Corporation, and I had a large following of people from other parts of the world wanting to make what products we could. And uh, we were all working together, but it got so masculine and so many people wanting a piece of the puzzle. I told me it's a billion or million dollar before it got to billion. I was offered five million to walk away, uh, and I didn't take it. I just let my partner and his partners have it because of the crossover of energy because I felt drawn to the lightning that hit a tree and gave me this sign and symbol that no one understood except, I guess, whoever sent it. But now I'm getting it a lot of ways because I'm doing radio so I can see the radio waves. But when I was on this mission, all these things were happening at one time on my journey. And I went to Eco Expo and met people, but I went back and there was a few of us that were led by something to do with higher extraterrestrial or God, our angels. And none of us really knew because we weren't in a dark space and we weren't in a light space. We were curious researchers on the planet among all these beautiful plants and mountains and and it was so beautiful. But this one gentleman that was over all the Masons, and, and I don't know if it means anything in the future to people or not, but he was like a 33-degree Mason. And behind his, his house, there was a little place you could sit. I guess he had 
teach people or something. They had a little fire going by the stream, and they had some heavy speaking. And he would only teach people that didn't smoke, didn't drink, didn't drug, which I didn't do any of that. The only thing I was having trouble with was the food and the fasting. It was almost like the Latter-day Saint church I was in. You know, no chocolate, no coffee, any stimulants. You had to be very pure soul, very pure spirit. But anyway, I was all of that at the time, thank goodness. Uh, I worked for the military, and I never could smoke or drink because after hepatitis, everything I put in my mouth pretty much would make me sick. So I never had a hankering. And so it may or may not be uh, genes because my husband liked to drink and my children liked to drink, but I didn't. But I was able to go on that path up the mountain. And I mean it was a mountain. It was straight up. But we had these little switchbacks which I know for people to walk part of the key was he started with about 33 of us and the simple thing was that not everybody made it even though you had come strong you'd been working out it's like getting ready for a triathlon you know you had to be real physical and work in the spiritual community don't smoke don't drink don't drug think pure thoughts do your meditation you know go to your meetings do your alms and we were doing alms and the buddhist thing and the bodhisattva thing all that stuff so we're all pretty good people at a pretty good level of vibration or essence. And we all took up there. But for, from time to time over the hours of the day, uh, through lunch and on up in the afternoon, we didn't reach up there till, uh afternoon. And as we got up there, only me and one other guy made it to the top. That's how hard it was. Uh, not only on the body and the climbing, but the way that it was set out. Because this man that was in charge of the 33 levels of the masonry, they knew the quest is uh, your self-actualization quest to see God or whomever on the top of the mountain. Because we say that in the uh, tarot cards. Everybody's on their journey to the top. But to self-actualize, when I got up there, I almost slipped. Uh, it was it was almost it, it, it was up. There was some kind of wet dewgrass. It was long where we were standing out the side of the rocks, and I stepped on this long dewgrass, and I almost uh, killed myself, fell off the side of the mountain. And this man grabbed me that I was with, and I was a big woman now. I'm 5'11", but I was probably 135, 45, easy. No, I was more than that because I was 166, 7. I was 167, but naked in Navy uh, re, uh, rehire in Orlando, uh, Florida. So that was 85, and this had to be 89. So, yeah, I was 176 or so. So he grabbed me, and uh, he grabbed me low enough to my shoulder. No, he grabbed me down to my uh, – I remember he grabbed me at my elbow and pulled me, and I could get uh, – I had those climbing boots on, you know, that lace up around your – so I pushed up, pushed, 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 and I was able, with him pulling me, and I, and I realized I could have instantly died had he not been there. So that made me realize a lot of times you think you can do everything by yourself, but I hadn't. And he, you know, commented he had already about how it's odd that of all of us, only the two of us didn't run out of breath or didn't give up. And so one man and one woman. But as he said that, he pulled me back up and saved my life. I appreciate it. And there was a deja vu moment there. Uh, you know, we were both not married or anything, but it wasn't a love thing, and we discussed that. It was a soul thing, and to this day, I can't remember what he looks like, but it was a soul level. But when I stood up and we had a stick that we were given to climb with, and this uh, crystal that was on it that this boy had made for me, 
<laughs> I paid him $100, but it was a stick you climb with, you know, like I forget what they call them, shillelagh or something, I don't know. But uh, on the crystal, uh, when I stood up and I looked at him and it was like the world stood still and a dome of glass came over the city and we could see the future. And I looked at him, he looked at me like, is this real? And a little fairy came and it looked sort of like, a human being, but not quite, and not, uh, it wasn't very big, it was bigger than a hummingbird, but it uh, it was thinner, and it uh, all I could think of was a fairy bird, so mother thought it was funny that I always called them fairy birds after that, but that uh, it flew up, and it showed us, it sort of waved out, and showed us a dome, and the future of dome, and I don't know if it was another world or another dimension, but I got to see it crystallized like you've seen in pictures under these domes. And then she flew into my crystal and back out on the other side and disappeared. But she left her impression like on a CD or uh, uh, an angel inside this crystal. And when I left for Hawaii, I couldn't take the, uh, the stick with me, but I brought the crystal back to Houston and my mother got it one day and I didn't realize she just I don't know I must have it sitting around somewhere and she grabbed it and put it on another piece of slate rock and I was like oh my god mom you've got the fairy so I sort of told her the story but that's the only time that I've told this story with a fairy except maybe to Janet my good friend one time but this fairy from the knowledge I got up there at the highest level was that they do exist because you get these when you have these magical experiences, they're epiphanies and they change your reality and that you know. And I do remember thinking they come from Ireland and they were there in Hawaii and they and I do I knew and this man even told me what he knew about them because he saw it too. That they're they're very few and far between. That they only go to places that really are humankind uninhabited parts of the woods because they love this planet, and they were always here too. It's just that people they don't interact. They do their own thing. They have their own way of living, and uh, you know they just are in the places that man isn't. That's the same way I feel about Yeti or Bigfoot or Gigantopithecus or whatever you want to call it. Uh, is I've seen one uh well two of those in my reality when i was driving a big truck that those exist as well but that was only at like one thirty, two thirty at night over in the woods where they weren't at least expected to be and uh that's only because i was at the right place at the right time and i think the universe wanted me to see it so the point is there's things just because we don't believe in it doesn't mean it doesn't exist well we got a whole other hour here back to you marcy yeah well one of the things that basically i woke up with the name multi-dimensional healer about four years ago and okay. richard and i get these immense conversations everything is a dimension and a frequency so there are times i have seen unicorns there are times i have seen uh fairies there are times i have like richard was telling me my dragon um, Shauna draws dragons on people. So they are around, but everything, like the dimension is a different, each dimension is a different hertz. So like the 12th dimension and all these other realms that are around, they are around, but it's just, you've got to be like a radio. You've got to be fine-tuned into that energy. And the, the fairies are a lighter frequency 
or a higher frequency, if you want to call it. And so if you're not at that frequency, and there's times where, like, um, when I've gotten in one car wreck, there was um, the guy had made an illegal left-hand turn. It was in the broad day. I didn't see him. He totaled my car. Again, that's where I was protected. Then I was, um, there's a funeral next door, and a friend of mine, Steve, is a shaman. And all of a sudden, these Mexican guys in a band were start yelling at me, and I'm going, why didn't I see him? He goes, because you're in a different dimension. Also, as you have a different frequency, there are times that people won't hear you because you are in a different realm. So there are different ways as to whether astral projections or energies or vibrations or frequencies. There are many, many different um, aspects, if you want to call them. Like you said, the fairies. I've had crystals disappear. I've had crystals reappear, you know. And so if we just, as we fine-tune ourselves, one of the things that that, um, Elohim had said, or several things I learned in the year and a half when they came in full body through Abby, is I said, what happens when I do my tones? And they said that your tones bring in so we can work on people's Akashic records. Now, Chiron says the tones help break through the veils. So there's different areas that, that are going on that once people don't feel like it's their imagination or things are moved like outports or there's messages, just listen to it and don't feel like it's your imagination. They are giving different messages. I think that's the message we have today, folks, is that belief, as much as we don't want to believe in the word believe, being it is the fact that when you're on the cutting edge, there's something in the church that knows about the miracles that happen, that save your life. And at this time, when I was on that spiritual journey with this group and only this other man, we wondered if the fairy had saved us and put us in this reality where I wouldn't slip and be brought back because we talked about that. So sometimes, what? like when I was driving a truck across country and I'd get real sleepy and I would get road hypnotized, which is really common, especially out in the uh, – I would especially do this on that big uh, – well, through Arizona over to California or from El Paso <laughs> over to California. It always seemed to be I was going to California and I'd get on one of those straight out in the desert – but I woke up a couple of times where hands, I could see angelic or spirit or plasma hands lift up off of mine and, and wonder how, oh, and I know, oh, my God, I was sleeping, and I don't know how long I'd been asleep. But, and I've heard many truck drivers talk about that. So, folks, I don't know that we want to call this a believing church, but faith, hope, and charity and the greatest is love is what Jesus taught, so I'd like to continue that tradition as far as one of our traditions but Richard and I definitely said do what is right and as uh, Marcy knows we're going to be unconditional love so we're going to accept you the way you are we don't care if you're blue green black brown yellow whatever we don't care what your background your culture is or past belief systems but please do know that as far as I'm concerned this church is built on the belief that there is something, whatever you want to call it, the higher source, God, monad, a lot of the Hyperians following some friends, they want to believe in the monad and the philosophy of the absolute, but they don't want to necessarily believe 
that there is a belief system of a God source knowing, but yet they'll talk about it when they, you get them off of their uh, telling you what they're supposed to be about. They'll be just human and start talking about it, and you know that they have a belief. So uh, for atheists and all those, they accept you too because that's unconditional, unconditional love, whether you believe or don't believe. But, you know, we're all philosophy uh, majors in a way because we all have our own truth. And then it's how we experience it, how we perceive it, how we express it. And, Richard, you've really been one on telling us how to be careful of the words and what we evoke. But that feeling of uh, right on the cutting edge, Richard, is what I think we should help people attain because it is a part of your higher self, your higher actualized self that doesn't need to cuss, it doesn't need to take, it doesn't need to steal. It has a feeling of your higher, your integrity. I don't know. Richard, can you speak on that? If What is that part that guides us? And it can take us out to experience things we've never experienced before. It's like magic. Do you have a magician's talk for that? Well, sure. I mean, you know, that's that's the grand... Uh, epiphany, you could say. That's that's where your spirit comes down into your physical form and it melds its spiritual consciousness with your physical consciousness. And this is the same as happened to Christ. In other words, when Christ became self-actualized, he, he recognized that, in fact, he was the son of a very supreme godlike source and that, in turn, because of that merging of consciousness of the God consciousness and his own consciousness and his spirit consciousness mixed in the, in the mix therein. And he became uh, God conscious while incarnate. Well, of course, you know, we ourselves are also capable of becoming God conscious because the God consciousness that we have is our spiritual consciousness and our spiritual consciousness in its purity in its purest form is in total alignment, frequency, vibration, and all that kind of thing with God themselves. So therefore, you could say, when your spiritual consciousness comes into your physical being and overrides your regular physical consciousness or mental consciousness, the regular consciousness of your spirit comes through and you get into a magical zone where you can actually just do, the possibilities are unlimited. And that's what, you know, the, the magicians say that, yes, when you're in the zone, you can create, you can summon anything out of anything you can create anything out of anything, and you can invoke and evoke anything out of anything. And, of course, those are two different tones, tones meaning to uh, speaking in different dimensions, speaking to different sorts of beings. But anyway, yeah, when you are actually spiritually, when your spirit consciousness is completely down here with your regular human consciousness and the two have merged, then you become the magical being that you were designed to be. Well, you and know, we the, are words all we use, with the words you and I use for Jesus is that energy. I've seen kids in the new uh, Ascension Age creation of energy when they get that music going and they're jumping up and down. And my daughter's paid all this money to go to these spiritual people that do this religion up and down dancing and stuff it's that same feeling they got with rock and roll or they you know music can take you a lot of places folks but it's very close to that 
feeling of ecstasy that you can do anything. And that I believe Jesus, when he said, if you have faith, uh, belief, uh, I should know this, like this, any the size of a mustard seed, you could move mountains is the saying, right, Richard? So yes. we'll use That's a correct. lot of those analogies and those words because there's nothing much closer than Christianity's uh, words if you understand them and, and you know don't, you don't take them literally but I guess with a grain of salt is the fact that there's a lot of stories of miracles and uh, that's why I think people in America choose the Jesus story because it gets you as close to what is love and conditional love and what it is uh, he was trying to explain if you had faith Many many mansions has my father in heaven, you know, and what does that mean, you know? So there's a lot. He used a lot of metaphors and analogies, Richard, and you do too. So, but how we teach people and how this energy is going to go forth, uh, there's going to be levels of it and dimensions of it and tones of it, like Marcy says. So we're just going to have to figure out how all three of us can write this up because it's got us. And it's more powerful than all three of us. And it is the universal consciousness that leads all of us and will occasionally appear in higher forms, extraterrestrials, angels. Now, Richard, I'd like you to also address the fact that when you're in New Orleans, we, you know, folks, uh, just so you know, we're very logical, balanced, whole brain thinking and know that everything's not hunky-dory or woo-woo. Our ho hum, because yes, bad things do happen to good people, but we don't have all the answers. We're going to do that good feeling of why, when we're on paths, we may falter or have stones in our paths. But people uh, recently have been conjuring up the word voodoo, and uh, it came into my life. But Richard, you want to talk a little bit about it's the same energy. But it can be used on different paths, which you said we have to be guarded against. But we don't know quite yet how we're going to talk about that because so many kids get into that too. And they like their stories. And I'm not saying vampire or all the stories aren't fun to know about or uh, even the wolf stories, the kids with Twilight and all those paranormal romances. But it's that energy or feeling like something is different they get into, or the superpower that you can fly or, you know, do things, superpowers. But, Richard, can you address that? Because it can go both ways. But this church is about teaching you the difference as well. And can I think, TJ, I think, TJ, we may want to hold that off for our next session because we've only got about three minutes left to the two-hour session that we had prescribed to you or whatever. I've got 50 minutes. No? You got 50? No? I don't it's know. This is time. my time. What time is your time? There's only a couple. I, I reset my clocks an hour, an hour faster. So basically, oh. you began at 5, your time, TJ. And, well, let's see. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm don't know. Time. This is crazy time illusion. Anyway, I don't know what time it is. Uh, do you... Well, it's almost uh, it's almost seven o'clock in the new time. So, um, oh, is it? So we don't yeah, have so time you... for that. All right. No, so we'll see, that's about... why I was saying in another session. All right. So we'll even even with the... the time flowing forward, it still would have been at five. It started at five o'clock, but it, the five o'clock would have actually been four o'clock old time. So yeah, uh, five to seven in the new time still would be. You see what I'm saying? It's still it's still quantified in there. It's just that. Uh, 
you had to okay, push things forward an hour. So, all right, folks, we'll 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 let you know about uh, you know the, the uh, just Pythagoras and numbers and symbols and the dark night of the soul. There's so many thousands of topics that address, but just remember to stay on uh, the path. Uh, there's a good path. There's a dark path, a, a low path, but. Try to do your best to stay on the high path journey. Because some people have to take the low path, but not all all paths are are just good or all bad. They can be good and bad, and we'll talk about that next Sunday, I guess. Well, this went by quick, and my my clock still showed fifty minutes, but I don't know anymore, folks, because we're changing so quickly that even the electronics can't keep up with us. Well, thank you, everybody. If you were here two hours, it sure didn't seem like it was two hours. But okay, so you're saying, Marcy, has two hours gone by for you? Oh, yeah. Most of our clock is 4 o'clock Pacific time. Good land. Bye. All right. Well, my uh, – okay. Well – You didn't set uh, your clock forward, maybe. Who knows? No, it's my computer. <laughs> it says 6.01 now, but for a while I was stuck at 50 minutes. Well, well that's, that's bizarre. Okay. That's okay. All right. Well, love and light. Uh, thank you, Marcy and Richard. You made the time go by super fast. So thank you for that. But folks, not it's that magic. I love mentioning with you, but <laughs> yeah, that energy that's really special is you really need to keep that and don't lose it. That's as close to God as you can get, or close to source or force. So may the force be with you. And we'll look forward to doing some creating and learning about each other and how we deal with that space in between uh, that we all know exists, but we're not sure how to work with it yet. But we uh, we all do work with it, though. So keep uh, synchronicities, uh, believe in serendipity, and uh, know that miracles do happen, and nothing is impossible. All things are possible. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Marcy, for showing up and helping us. It was a big help. And, well, it's uh, we'll the universe where... Usually I work on weekends, but my car is still in the shop, so I'm just trusting that's the reason why. <laughs> I guess so. It's to pull this together so other people can come and do the same thing we're doing or join sharing their miracles and magical mystery tours in this life. All right. Well, I guess I'll talk to you, if not before Wednesday, uh, you two show up and we'll do Wednesday. <laughs> we'll be back. Sounds great. Talk more metaphysics and spiritual science. All right. Little strange music coming on, but this is time. Love and light.